Right. So it is almost Easter as of this uh, recording, and you see, well, maybe you don't see, but I see this meme floating around as memes do. This is a, a thing. I've seen it for many years around this time of year. It reads, this Easter, remember, Jesus was not a zombie. He was not mindless, nor did he consume anyone, nor was he a ghoul or a wit. Although his soul and intellect were intact, he was not a rotting corpse. He was not a vampire. While he transubstantiated wine into blood, he never drank it from a person. Jesus was not a ghost or a wraith. He was corporeal and still had his wounds. It is clear Jesus was a lich. A lich is created when a powerful magician or king striving for eternal life uses spells or rituals to bind his soul to an animated his animated corpse and thereby achieves immortality. Liches are depicted as being clearly cadaverous, their bodies still bearing the wounds they received before their death. Liches often have the power of necromancy, which allows them to bring the dead back to life. And then there's lots of uh, lulls and smiling faces and people replying so funny and then tagging people and it spreads but it's wrong it's incorrect it's so wrong jesus was not a lich no where where was his phylactery phylactery that's the main that's the whole deal that's the whole shtick of a lich is that the life essence is in something else you don't even have to like show them casting spells they're not just like a skeleton wizard who used to be a human there's, there's more to it than that they they bind their soul into an object and then guard yeah. that object jealously that's there's a it's a whole different category yeah yeah and you can say like oh well what about the the the, the holy grail or other objects associated with jesus that's that's different because a, a a lich intentionally creates their phylactery yes they're not just byproducts that contains some divine power or some slice of their own power. It's a, the phylactery is a, it, it, it is them. It's their soul. It's their life essence in there. And by doing this, by putting their life energy into a separate object, their corpse is allowed to continue on forever. That's how it works. That's a lich. Jesus is not a lich. Yeah, they, they, they found a loophole in reality and they could use magic to exploit that loophole to not die and 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 in doing so become a lich right but 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 like that's that's not how jesus did also um liches i think um at least as far as i understand them or i would ever use them they're 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 doing it with like self-gained power they learned magic they they use their own powers to achieve this it's not like liches aren't usually divinely created right that's right yeah that's right bad meme jesus was a powerful cleric uh, may, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Let's not get into that. <laughs> I'm not but, prepared to say what he was. Yeah, I, but where I, think I just we're, know what he's not. We're in agreement that he was not a lich. Bad meme. If you see this meme, tell it to go home. All right. We did a cold open for the first time. That was fun. Yeah. 
Um, which is which is uh, we might do more of those if the occasion calls. If we seen if we see memes, we need to take down a peg. <laughs> our cold opens, at least so far, one hundred percent of our cold opens are one are, are targeted at, at at memes that make incorrect statements about monsters. <laughs> memes, yeah, memes that are just trying to have fun. Uh, <laughs> we will not let that happen. If yeah. you're wrong, I think it just bugs me when. Uh, like this is that meme is trying to be like show off how like cute and kooky it is when you uh, try to categorize things in the outside world in terms of D&D categories when you use D&D categories to look at uh, as a lens through the world but you you do it wrong I saw this also with um, last year there was all this hype about a Game of Thrones episode where a bunch of the wall people. I don't. I'm. I've only seen up to season two. I don't know what I'm talking about. But uh, <laughs> Jon Snow and a bunch. I think his posse. They go run out into the 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 snow world, yeah. snow zone, and everyone is like, "Look at this D and D party that like, they've assembled. This really cool sequence where like they're all these like unique characters are all standing side by side and then waiting for the gate to open and they rush out. And it's like this one's a fighter. This one's a knight. This one's a a death knight. And like. Trying to compare it to D and D, but like, like, those are all fighters. They're all they're all maybe variations. One or two of them were rogues. Yeah, variations. They're all variations of fighter and like a, a knight and a fighter, a knight and a warrior, as the thing described, are are all fighters. Mm-hmm. It's not. It was like a like if you are that loose with what you consider D and D party, then almost any group of people could be considered a D and D party. Yeah, exactly. Also, the other problem with this meme. Is that the whole joke, if your whole joke is that you know more about categories of undead than the layperson, you better make sure that you get your facts straight about categories <laughs> of undead. That's your, you, 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 <laughs> that was your whole joke. That's your sacred duty. Yeah. Anyways, let's get into uh, what we do here. What are we doing right now? Uh, well, we're ta- we're introducing ourselves. <laughs> um, I'm Wes Grist. I'm Chris Lawson. And we're here to talk about the Ankeg. Ankeg, page 21, Monster Manual. The Ankeg is, what is it? It's a big insect, and it it lives uh, in tunnels underground. It burrows, and it grasps its prey by popping out of the earth. Ambush predator. It's an ambush predator. It grabs you, and it spits acid all over you, and then it eats you. That's, I think, the nutshell of what we've got here. Yeah, they're gigantic bugs that pop out of the ground. Um, they they dig pretty well, and they yeah they spray acid at you or they chew on you with their 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 acid in their mouth. Right, all great. I'm I'm all for all these things. Um, there's one problem right away in the first line of the description. It describes a long and antennae twitching. Do you see any antennae on the the picture? Um, no, no, no. Those look that, that looks like smaller mandibles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Antennae don't go yeah. down either. Those yeah. are those are mandibles. Those are yeah. teeth. Those are those are bone thingies. Uh, or or kite. I don't know what uh, insect teeth are made out of. Um, but those aren't antenna. Antennae. Antennas. None of those. No antenna. <laughs> yeah. Not a single it, antenna. It, yeah, they they expend. That's that's what they open with. Yeah, that's the first thing you read about it, and it doesn't exist on yeah. the the image. Now the image is is a, it's more of a suggestion of what to picture than the word of word of God. This is what it looks like, right? 
but <laughs> still. Yeah, well, it's it's a fairly detailed picture. Like it they, is. it's a it's at least rendered. Like, uh, it's not. It doesn't seem to be an abstract impressionistic rendering. It's it seems to be a pretty like you're supposed to show the players this when you make them look at it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. no antenna. But whatever. That's not that important. Yeah. Maybe. Also, I was going to take issue with um, it being specifically described as a, as a as an insect oh except it looks like it does have six limbs so that's probably fine <laughs> i don't know if its body is in three distinct segments um but also it it, it doesn't say it is an insect it resembles an insect right because yeah. it's a technically a large monstrosity yeah taxonomy <laughs> works very different <laughs> so when you are when you are a large monstrosity um, you can have as many uh, thoraxes as you want. <laughs> Nothing but thoraxes. Nothing all the yeah. way down. Or yeah. just two. I don't know what it is exactly. Because you don't get to see the bottom part of it except in a sort of uh, profile faded sketch at the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which sort of resembles like the sketch somebody would make in a field. No, yeah, no. yeah, that yeah. that looks. I think that's what they're going. But for that's there. even more. That looks even more rendered than a field sketch would be, which is fine. Yeah. That's kind of how that's the art direction of the whole thing is that even the things that look like sketches are a little too uh, hyper realistic. Yeah, I think that's true. You wouldn't really have a lot of time to like how many little thorny bristles in its <laughs> coming out of its claws are mm-hmm. there exactly. Right. That's why early if you look at really early um, uh, like beasties of, of uh, in, in, uh, people in medieval Europe, they're like, we went to Africa and we saw these things, and there it's it's a rhinoceros that they saw, but what they drew is is something very far from a rhinoceros. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. got a um, uh, I have a picture of something that is probably the prototype for the Ankeg. Uh, it's a doozy. It's a doozy. It's from one of the original bestiaries, but we we'll get to that. I want to keep talking about the thing on the page yeah. first of all. Lurkers in the earth. Lurkers in the earth. Yeah. So they dig with their huge mandibles, big tunnels, and it hunts. It's a it's a hunter. I guess it burrows around and uh, finds you and stalks you and figures out where you're going to go and then waits for you until you get there. Then it jumps up, grabs you, spits acid, tries to digest you. Um, if you are... Does it grapple you? Yeah. The bite grapples yeah. you. And if you are worth anything as a DM, you will have the Ankeg jump out, grab someone, bite them, grapple them, and then try to run away with them. Yeah. Because it's not just going to stand there and fight and try to kill every individual member of the party. It's If it's a predatory insect, a predatory monstrosity, a predator, whatever, it's not going to stick around for a fight. It's going to grab you and run. Yeah, totally. Because uh, it's got its food. It does, it's, 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 it's not honor-bound to do anything right yeah yeah so it could be uh it suggests like it's only a cr it's only a challenge rating two and it's not very uh imposing overall i think you're, you're supposed to play it like there are a bunch of them in a, in a location or you're you are dealing with uh level one characters or something yeah or but, or you have them uh taking advantage of their their um their burrowing right exactly yeah that's what i was going to try to add on to what what i was saying about the running away have it pop up grab someone and then run back down or or burrow back down and make it very difficult for the other people to go get their friend back yeah it's your turn and now you're underground trying to break free from this monster and then when you break free you're in a tunnel 
then With, I don't know where yeah, you are. Away yeah. from your friends. Yeah. And the the friends have to travel and navigate this alien landscape, which is just a small tunnel, but it's still like, um, I forget what documentary it was. I think it might have been Land of the Jaguar. I could be messing that up. But there was a, a, a documentary series where they followed a, a specific scientist, each episode, a different one in a different field as they went and and like walked around the Amazon looking for stuff. And there was one where there was an entomologist and he uh, crawled into like a hole in the ground, basically uh, like a place like you are. No mammal would willingly go under any circumstances unless you were a guy who studied bugs for a living. Yeah. And he just crawls right in there. Like the tunnel's not even big enough to hold him. Like he's making it bigger for him to get deeper into it. And it's just yeah. full of spiders and and caterpillars and all kinds of uh, ants and different. It's like a whole underground insect ecology that doesn't like you, you would never know it's there. But mm-hmm. he get, he gets into it, and it's like no human being could possibly survive two seconds down there. And I feel like an ant hag would be like like a larger like you you can walk around it simply because it's a larger creature making the tunnels but it's like it is not meant for you to walk around like you have to hold on to the sides because it's tunneled straight down or something yeah yeah totally um there you know you'd have like the danger of collapse looming over there'd be no light down there exactly you know? yeah yeah i mean that's like i don't know it's really hard to deal with light sources in games i've found i've never found like a a fun way of dealing with it yeah also nobody wants well most most people don't want to be a human and almost everything else can see in the dark kind of exactly yeah so everyone's everyone's got low light vision or whatever or you've got a a light spell for whatever reason if you're playing normal fifth edition um but you can also yeah just make the environment something the ankeg could be could be if it's a stand-up fight ankeg won't do much but if you think like an ambush predator uh it will be a very different encounter yeah yeah, totally. What else we got? Uh, we got a bane of field and forest. So this is this is an interesting part because it makes us offhand mention that they receive a portion of the nutrients from the soil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which I don't know why you need to include that. I guess it makes them not um, constantly hunting. Like it makes them more of a like eh, I could eat <laughs> kind of yeah. kind of uh, opponent. I was thinking like that might be a reason for them to be specifically drawn to. Uh, uh, like particularly fertile land, like they'd want to be in a farmer's field because that's that's where in role playing scenarios you often encounter the, there's a farmer who was like, "Oh, this is giant bugs and well, my pumpkin patch," you know. So uh, that's that's why an egg egg would specifically want to be in like very um, nutritious soil. So it would it would be attracted to a farm more than anything else because it's easy to dig through and it, it it can get food just by digging around. And also there's cows grazing that it can eat. Yeah, totally. Then it's a then it's a low level quest situation. Yeah, um, you could also have them li- like uh, known ankhags or one ankhag, depending on how you want to run it. Live in a uh, like a shortcut, like that people have to go through. It's a relatively tame landscape, like a few settlements, but definitely wild- dangerous wilderness. Yeah, and maybe there's a long way to get somewhere, and maybe there's a short way. And there are known ankhags living there who don't go raiding or they don't go kind of out of their territory, but maybe it's on like it borders against some like uh, some grazing land and people yeah. are missing their their fantasy sheep 
because the ankegs are keep snatching them, but maybe you can try to use that to your advantage and figure out where the ankegs are because they're ambush predators, so they're going to reveal themselves when they come up. So you could like have characters buying sheep off people nearby and then driving them ahead of them to like make the ankegs grab yeah. them first instead yeah. of themselves. There's a bunch of goats tied to sticks. <laughs> like loosely dispersed around this field in is like a Jurassic park sort of, yeah. Yeah. Lure the things out sort of thing. Try to, yeah. Turn them into walking traps somehow. If you could concoct some way of making like, these are all horrible things to do uh, in real life, but these are the kinds of things that are fun to think about when you are trying to survive a fantasy scenario. It also would force your players to to like get a bunch of livestock to bring I, with them, which I love. Yeah. I love. I I think the idea of um, using things outside of your own inventory and like ability list isn't capitalized enough. Like you should. There are prices in here for things like pigs. Yeah, <laughs> you should use them. Uh, you should encourage people to use them and hirelings too. Like I love the idea of porters, people you yeah. hire to come carry treasure for you, but you have to pay them. <laughs> you have to deal with them and you have like weird NPCs who are like, imagine the kind of person who would take a job following like a bunch of crazy looking strangers um, into very dangerous places to carry out vast amounts of treasure, <laughs> like these <laughs> high risk, high reward, thrill seeking, uh, couldn't, could, can't hack it in polite society people yeah <laughs> people on the edge and you hire them like for the equivalent of like like five hundred dollars a day <laughs> to come with you yeah or maybe less i don't know how you want to do it but like uh use use people like that um so you could you'd have to ha- you would have like shepherds or like little shepherd boys or a shepherd would lend you his like like youngest son to like help you drive the sheep yeah. uh into he's no good on the farm but yeah, <laughs> yeah. like yeah you don't you won't really miss him but yeah. if he brings back a bunch of money for doing this gig then why not yeah right? that reminds me of a, a scheme that we didn't it didn't fit the characters so we didn't do it that a a, a friend of mine had in a, in a game a while ago where he had a sword i think it was an axe where it could give him temporary hit points if he if he killed something with it and so we did hatch the scheme that we could get like take a bunch of chickens with us or other small animals and then if you needed a bunch of a boost of temporary hit points you just kill a bunch of them with the magic sword steal their health right was this then, was this third uh 3.5 this is in fifth edition okay yeah this Good. is this is in fifth edition um and but it, he he was a, he was a he was a paladin and that wouldn't have been the sort of thing he would do well, good. I'm glad yeah. he had a moral uh, moral compass, which is not usually the thing that happens. Yeah, yeah. Then again, it would have been really funny <laughs> to talk about. Yeah, a different character could have gotten away with it, but probably not the paladin. Yeah. yeah. They used to have that problem with uh, the bag of rats. That used to be like <laughs> people that would play the game, rules as written in 3.5, would just kill rats in the bag to get all kinds of uh, boosts and things. But that's not what we're dealing with here. We're, we're dealing with more interesting things. Um, do we do it? No, there's earthen tunnels. Yeah. So more about the things that they, they burrow through. They leave a narrow, partially collapsed tunnel in its wake. So again, environment, um, it's just a whole dungeon complex, maybe. There could be all kinds of things living in the tunnels dug by an ankeg. You could have other, you could have goblins or the evil gnomes or whatever else, little things that like to live underground could all be there. Yeah. Because of the ankeg, if it's sticking around in one place. 
use the stats of goblins make weird like naked mole rat people yeah sure <laughs> down there exactly that, have, have, uh, that live in abandoned ank egg tunnels <laughs> yeah they follow the ank egg around yeah, like their own. Yeah, like, they live off the the droppings of the ank. Oh yeah, there. Then you have like a you could have like a weird moral uh, parallel with like the shepherd who's complaining about the ank stealing his sheep, and then you go and there are these like peaceful yeah. underground dwelling uh, ranchers who follow the ank because it provides them food, or like the, so they're 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 nomadic people that travel through these tunnels. Yeah, yeah. Not that you need to moralize to to players but you yeah. could give them interesting choices to make and they mm-hmm. have to decide what they want to do with the situation um what else do they do also uh so they're narrow and they're hard to navigate and this lines up with one of their abilities so they only have two actions bite where they bite you and they grapple you and then they does some acid damage but they can also spit acid spray once in a while in a line a 30 foot long line and anyone in that line gets hit with it so, if you imagine the narrow tunnel, all of the the characters are going to be kind of in a line. Yeah. And you're going to spit acid through, and it's going to hit every single one in the line. And that's kind of something that makes the ankeg dangerous. Do that a few times, and then the, if they're low level, they're probably uh, in trouble. Yeah, yeah. And ambush patterns. You, you could also you could also make them uh, like you could have more than more than one of them and they could, they could work together to hunt you. Yeah. They could lure you into their tunnels and then like, how now they're in our, our linear tunnels and we can spray them with acid. They're not vocalizing those thoughts, but they are, 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 are feeling them, um, and, and act instinctually acting them out, you know? Yeah. They're hunters. Yeah. Uh, totally. They could, if you really want to up the ante, I think you could do multiple ank eggs. I always kind of like the idea of monsters being individuals, yeah, but um, groups of them are okay too. As long, like I know, like wandering monster charts probably have ank eggs on them at low level, and it's fine. They should show up all over the place if you want them to. But um, it's just fun to think of like an individual and hype an individual so that when you finally see it, it's a big deal. Or a group of them, I guess. Um, I don't know. That's just me. But uh, those are the things to do with the ank egg. Uh, interesting to me. Another strange error, I think. Um, the armor class is 14 and 11 while prone. I don't think any other entry has like X while prone. Yeah. Nothing. I, I flipped through. I didn't go through every single one, but I flipped through it and I don't see anything else that has uh, a different stat for while prone. And the confusing thing about this is this is a creature with an exoskeleton. I don't it, like it's. <laughs> it is armor. It's it's positioned. Its bones are yeah. on the outside. Yeah, its position shouldn't like have a huge effect. Well, again, it's not it's not an insect. It's an insect like monstrosity creature. So yeah, and, and and like armor class itself is kind of like an abstract kind of composite idea of its its hardy its resistance to a direct impact. Yeah, it might just like it might it. just not be intelligent enough to yeah. avoid maybe, something. Maybe their 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 chitinous armor isn't actually that strong because they got to be kind of flexible to dig around, and they're they're just kind of dodgy. You know, they're they're evasive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, isn't there something about their their armor, their their chitin being uh, valuable as armor material? Yeah. So um, that's shown up in a couple in, of in things. other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So in um, the Baldur's Gate games, in at least Baldur's Gate two, I don't know if you you do fight them in Baldur's Gate one. Um, I don't know if you can collect their armor in Baldur's Gate one. I played a lot more Baldur's Gate two. It's definitely a superior game. Um, <laughs> 
bizarrely, it's using the same engine. It just, it just, it just. Uh, I think the story is a bit better. You start at a higher level. The adventures are, are more interesting. Anyways, it's a fantastic game. I recommend it. It uses second edition rules, so you got to deal with Thacko and all of that. But it's it's pretty by the books. Um, and there is a blacksmith somewhere um, uh, uh, who in in the game world, and this is Forgotten Realms, uh, uh, and who if you bring him an Ankeg shell or a few of them, he can fashion armor for you that is, is fantastically strong and fairly light, I think, um, and uh, uh, makes you look green. The Ankegs are green <laughs> in this game, so you get to have green armor that looks like plate armor. Um, and so there is, there's, there's reason to go fight these things there. And so they're sought after for their armor. Um, uh, and so they're kind of, they're, they're famous for their, their very strong armor. Cool. Yeah. In that case, if you want to try something like that, make them really hard to hit. Yeah. Uh, or make them have good damage reduction or something in, in your game if you want. Yeah. Yeah. Give them some resistances or something like that to, to reflect their armor being a bit better. You mm-hmm. can do that. You're the dungeon master. You can change these things. Yeah. Um yeah, they uh they so their 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 armor is and also it's difficult to work with. I think that's the other thing. It takes a skilled armorer to make armor out of ankeg shell because working with chitin is different than working with metal. Right. Yeah. And that's all that could be a whole subplot trying to find someone that can uh work it into an armor and then you get to use it and it's a cool special different armor. But then you could have your characters look like they're from Morrowind. Right, decked out in bug shells, yeah. which, which is great. Yeah. Um, what else? I think that's mostly it for the the stuff on the page. I think, right? Yeah, that's pretty much it. They, um, yeah, the the acid rechargers. Da, 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 they're, so, yeah. Uh, where does this come from? Why is this in this book? Originally, it was a monster in Dragon. <clears throat> Cut that out. Dragon Mag- Dragon Magazine before the AD&D Monster Manual was even published back when it was just a magazine I guess. I'm not super up on the history of this hobby, but I'm sure someone will tell me that this is in fact true. It was a magazine before it was um readily available published spined books and it was a submission by Errol Otis who turned out to be one of the most important illustrators for the Dungeons and Dragons. He submitted the Ankhag uh, along with the original illustration and they ran it and it ended up in the AD&D Monster Manual and Errol was added to the official TSR team. Um, I don't know why Errol Otis came up with it. I don't know. There's not, it's, it's kind of a, uh, that's kind of it for the, introduction of the thing but it's been in every single edition since then and it has spread far and wide Mm -hmm. to other fantasy settings and games yeah um there's there's something uncannily like them in diablo too right i think i think they show up everywhere in every fantasy thing because it's it sticks in the mind for some reason an ambush predator bug thing first of all we hate bugs as a species yeah they freak us out they mean death they're too different. They're alien. We don't understand yeah. what they want. We don't know where their faces are. Their eyes aren't where they look like they are sometimes. Their uh, mouths, just there's there's mouths inside of mouths. They have like eight mouths. mouths. They don't know when their mouths stop. Yeah. They they digest stuff outside of their bodies and then slurp them. Their bones are on the outside. Yeah. They're just backwards. It's not good. And we don't like it. 
and we don't like that they can be waiting under the ground and and ready to take us down. We don't like that. Um, what? Uh, <laughs> I had something, but I don't remember what it was. Oh, Final Fantasy. That's what I was gonna say. Final Fantasy has uh my favorite ank egg. They call it the ant lion. Yeah, which is that's a real creature. And this is yeah. M- most of what I have to say after this is about the ant lion, which <laughs> is. Uh, it has to be the inspiration for the Ankeg. Yeah. It has to be. It's too similar. I'm going to show you a picture of the Final Fantasy. Oh, yeah. No, I'm excited. Ant-Lion. I don't know Final Fantasy super well. It's a way better looking creature, I think, than the one in the, the Monster Manual. The one in the Monster Manual looks like... <laughs> right. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Go go Google Antlion Final Fantasy. Yeah. And there's a whole... There's a variety, but they all kind of follow a basic structure. And it is way crazier than the the Monster Manual one. It is it is more cartoonish, but also more horrific. That, yeah. It's got these really intense murder eyes. No matter which one. And it looks like... Like an Ankeg is is whatever. It doesn't exist in the real world. It can look like whatever. It's a vaguely menacing insect. This antlion is like, oh, I can see why they called it an antlion. It's fucking bad. It's a bad day. It's a, it is it's got hair, but also a crazy insect face and crazy mandibles. And uh the Final Fantasy two one is <laughs> is great. And it's it is a low level boss yeah. that prevents your your progress, and you have to uh, fight it. And it, it kind of plagues a king a nearby kingdom, and you have to deal with it on your way out of the area. Yeah. So that's kind of traditionally what it's used for: low level boss environment uh, blocking, and you have to go through the tunnels to deal with it. And here it is too at the bottom of a of a pit. This is its lair. Oh, right, classic antlion move. Yeah, so it's kind of like a. Um, it has. It's related to the Sarlacc pit, possibly from Star Wars, mm-hmm. um, except it. The creature itself is much smaller, but it still has a, a a pit that it lives in, where things fall into it or end up in it, and it takes them down. Um, this antlion, Final Fantasy antlion, is definitely related to the antlion of reality and of myth. Yeah. Um, which is actually just the antlion larva that we're thinking of. Right. It's the larval stage of a winged insect. The winged insect is a, uh, it's a lace wing. Yeah. The adult form is a, is a type of lace wing. It gets mistaken for dragonflies all the time. But what you say is very true. The babies, the babies are the, the predators. The adult is like, it eats like nectar and sweet things and juice <laughs> yeah. and, uh, wheatgrass and smoothies but the 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 larva is an ambush predator in a in a it is almost too fantastic for reality what it does and it's uh relatively common not so much uh we live in the canada there are i think there are species um there are some 2000 species of antlions not all of them are ambush predators but the ones that are they have the larva. They have a plump abdomen. They have a thorax and three pairs of walking legs. They have a slender neck and a square flattened head and with a huge sickle jaws on the top. And they have uh, the, the, the jaws have, they're hollow and they have points, open points in them and they shoot venom through it. So they'll bite you. So sort of what the ink does where it sprays acid on you, except this injects acid inside of you with which its is giant mandibles with its yeah. teeth yeah. So it inj- yeah with its hollow teeth 
and see this is already like better <laughs> i don't know why why uh the nk can't inject the venom as to spray it on your face yeah i i feel like they could have just used the description of an antlion larva from like an entomology field book definitely everything about this is is Scaled crazier than the monster yeah. manual um so it injects the venom and it immobilizes the the victim and then there's our enzymes in it and it digests the soft tissue and then the the larva sucks out the 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 dissolved insides because it's usually it's usually grabbing other bugs yeah so it has to penetrate their chitin yeah get to the juicy parts and like fill it with their their venom sauce and then they suck it out using the same mandible so they eat through their teeth oh i didn't even know that <laughs> that's awesome that's yeah that's great because these were yeah they kill and eat through their teeth i i'm a little bit ashamed of not knowing that part because i was when i was a kid <laughs> i would go through phases where i would just get obsessed with a certain animal uh-huh. um, living or prehistoric and i would just i would i would do everything i could to learn about it this is <laughs> these are a lot of like uh, very early websites when the internet was still young that mm-hmm. I would just I would just binge on and just go to the library and find a, a something with pictures and something about an animal and for like a week or two I would obsess about a specific animal and insist that it was my favorite animal of all time um, and there was a there's certainly a period well, there's a lot of pressure crazy. when someone asks you what your favorite animal is you have to have an answer yeah I would I would hyperbolize it into, like completely though yeah it's totally it's part of your identity absolutely I'm yeah. getting an antlion tattoo on my face I would always want I would try to persuade my parents to let me when it was like a bug or something it was like i want the equivalent of like an ant farm but with these instead Jesus Christ. Um, i would i would try i would i would, I would try to uh, bring the animals into my life it never actually worked out but i i certainly certainly went through an antlion phase as a kid and i, I didn't know about them until my yeah. ad, uh, adulthood because there aren't really any around here or at least yeah. none that i've seen but i i saw them in all over the place in florida and I saw them hunt. Like if you put your finger near them, they'll they'll try to take you down <laughs> in their way. Um, but that's using their particular ambush strategy, which is very interesting. But uh, before we get into that, since you're all up on antlions, did you know they don't have an anus? No, I didn't know that. They are unusual among insects in that they don't have an anus. Everything they eat, they will use eventually to turn into uh, their adult form. Oh, they just stock up on biomass. Yeah, so everything they, they yeah. eat is inside of them. Which, if you wanted the ankeg, if you instead of uh, sucking v- their food through their teeth or whatever, if you want them to actually eat things and you want them to eat people and you want those people to have treasure on them and then have all of the treasure, like let's say like a noble, uh, some rich noble or a merchant or whatever was traveling and got eaten and you are sent to find their treasure, but they had the treasure on them. They had like their fine jewels or the, the necklace of super money uh, on their around their neck at the time it's actually in the ankeg because maybe the ankeg is the same it has no anus and it's going to turn into something later so it's using all of the food that it has in its body and you have to actually kill you have to pin it down and get it yeah. you can't just like find it in a in a room and it's there you have to get it out of its out of its stomach um that what that's great because a lot of the times I le- this happens more in video games. This doesn't happen a whole lot in mm-hmm. um, like pen and paper dice based role playing games like uh, Dungeons and Dragons specifically, where like why did the wolf have gold on it? 
but um, exactly because it has no anus. Cold. Yeah, it's because it ate. <laughs> These wolves have no anuses. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it ate everything, and it's 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 got the material possessions of the things that ate slowly <laughs> working and, its yeah. way through. Yeah, and the implied uh, uh, consequence of finding this gold is that you uh, went through its innards. You went through its butt and you got the gold. It doesn't make you do that. It doesn't make you press a button that says, yes, I want to do this, but that's the implication. <laughs> Everything you kill, you open it up. You are like, going into the butt. money inside of its butt? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to talk about the trap building species and what they do exactly because it's fascinating and you can use it to craft an environment using the same kind of idea. Uh, so the average sized larva digs a pit two inches deep and three inches wide in sand usually not always sand but sand is the most common one and one of the most uh, easily witnessed if you go to uh, many beaches in warmer climates Um, it marks out the chosen site with a circular groove it crawls backwards around the ring it's kind of like how uh, i think a spider i'm not sure how spiders work but i think they work from the outside in um, that could be totally making it up. Anyways, this is what the antlion does. I'm not talking about spiders. Antlion <laughs> uh, works around the edge at first, and it slowly it like scoots all the way down into the center. And what it's doing is it's uh, as it's circling, uh, circling, it's digging and pushing the sand, and it's making an incline, and it's shoveling the snow with its its huge flat head, and then um, it's. It loosens with its back legs or its front legs. It's going backwards. It loosens all the sand that it leaves behind it, um, which is kind of impossible to detect from a human's vantage, but it creates like a really uh, precarious footing for anything that travels around in the sand. Mm. The very, like the, the, the sand it's on what is called the critical angle of repose, which is the steepest angle possible that it can maintain and it collapses at the slightest disturbance. That's great. So I don't know if this is measured every, if they're like a scientist went down and like, it is the critical angle of repose. Look at it. And they measure it. And it's like, this is like, it's achieved mathematical impossibility, (laughs) Uh, but it works. Yeah. So that when the pit is completed, it settles into the bottom. It's buried in soil and only it's tiny jaws. You probably can't even see them most of the time. Um, Tiny to us are projecting out of the surface waiting and so it will wait for something usually ants or at least that's what's that is what is thought is its most common prey and they go down they accidentally um, fall down the side of the cliff and they head into the bottom and if it's close enough it snags it but what often happens is because they're insects they're very nimble and dexterous they will start climbing their way out but the antlion will throw sand at it it just whips sand at the at whatever is there, and this is how you can find antlions. If you see like a little uh, depression in the sand, you put your if you put your finger there, it'll yeah. think that there's something there, and it will whip sand at <laughs> your finger. And what it's doing is it's not trying to stun the thing with sand that wouldn't work, but it's trying to disturb all of the sand around the thing that's walking and make it like avalanche right. into the center. Yeah, yeah. And it is apparently very efficient and very uh, good at this. So then it's. So it slips to the bottom, it, the antlion seizes it with its huge mandibles, injects it with uh, digestion, juice, and paralyzation, knockout gas, and brings like it just kind of sits there and eats it, and then it later spits out the shell nearby, or just buries it nearby. 
that's crazy. Yeah, that's <laughs> so. Like that's what that's what Ankeg should be doing. Yes, <laughs> just making pits and and throwing rocks and dirt at you. Its, its head is a catapult. Its yeah, like you could add a rock throwing element. You you could just take that, take the Ankeg and change the stats a little, uh, and make it throw rocks or something. Yeah, or can, cause avalanches. It's a whole environment. Yeah, they can create like a large area of difficult terrain. Then mm-hmm. if you fail an dexterity check, you fall into its mouth. Yeah. 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 You could have, uh, in, instead of it being an ambush predator that follows you, it has it has a big pit that you have to get over, or you have to like, you have to go down the pit to get the treasure. You have to figure out this pit, come up with a clever way of dealing with it. Yeah, because it's it, it doesn't it, it it keeps everything it eats. Yeah, so it swallowed the special jewel. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> the last whole... guy who was carrying it got eaten by this thing, and now because it has no anus, it is still there, and maybe its transformation like. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you'd have it turn into, but um, you want to get it before it does that, or something. You know, you could also uh, the idea of this, the injection, the injecting, and the sp- like, the sucking out of the juice. You could have all these like weird husk people yeah. lying around in like they still. It depends how you want to do it. Like you can't have the jewels in the ank egg if it doesn't actually eat the whole thing. Right. So you could, you either have to have weird husk corpses still in their clothes lying around everywhere creepily, or you have no evidence. Everything is eaten in inside the ankeg. And then when you kill it, you open it up and it has like a hundred years worth of like horrible things inside. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, whatever you want to do with that. Um, so not only is there this, real life insect there are lots lots of things written about the antlion from a mythological standpoint um what at one time was like historical fact and we now know is totally made up misinterpretations mistranslations of various texts uh rewriting for people's own purposes weird stuff about the antlion and none of it is like there's nothing to suggest maybe Errol Otis didn't actually ever know about an antlion and this is all not to do with the ankeg but i seriously doubt it um so there's a there's a moralistic component to the antlion as it was originally conceived and this is a line written by Vincent of Beauvais i think is the pronunciation he was a dominican friar and he wrote the Speculum Naturale, which was a medieval encyclopedia, which was the main medieval encyclopedia around the 13th century. So it was one of the most important collections of knowledge at the time. Uh, and like so many things from the medieval age, it contained um, facts, real real facts, mm-hmm. uh, moralizations, yep. and complete fabrications with moralizations. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he also he like the I think the first two chapters are totally dedicated to angels and like their hierarchy and their their business practices and stuff like things that he like just <laughs> business practices. <laughs> <laughs> he's just going on a roll with like whatever, right? Um, but he did write a lot of uh, he he was interesting because he drew from other texts that were not Christian even mm-hmm. yeah. and would incorporate the like knowledge. The uh, natural science involved, he would put in, but he also had his own Christian speculations. Anyways, he wrote about the antlion, and 
The quote is this, The antlion, so-called because it is the lion of the ants, is a worm of the family of the ants, but much larger. So long as it is small and weak, it assumes a weak and peaceful air, but when it has grown strong, it disdains its former associates and joins up with a crowd of bigger ants. And so, increasing in daring, it conceals itself and lies in wait for the ants which are working for their own common good. So it is that this creature, which in summertime has laid up no store of provisions for itself, snatches in winter from the others the fruit of their labors and destroys them. (laughs) (laughs) This guy hated (laughs) antlions. These greedy bastards. These no-good, hippie, goddamn Just loafing around. These communists, they just want things. They want handouts. Swinging their weight around just because they're bigger. They think they can take hard-working regular ants working towards the common good. It forgets its its heritage. It forgets the people that helped it out because when it grows strong enough, it disdains its former associates. (laughs) So that was a strange uh, (laughs) early early Christian interpretation of what an antlion was about because they're all over the world. but it, this and is this was when when was this written? Um, the Speculum Naturale was somewhere somewhere in the 13th okay. century. So if you wanted a copy of this, a monk wrote all of that by hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a monk spent his entire life writing this all by hand. Probably yeah. he had help as well, but uh, someone wrote it by hand. Yeah. Um, and it cared enough. This this one passage probably took like a month. <laughs> um, but it touches on a few variations of the antlion found in in myth and history uh in where is this in the southern united states there is a poem or a chant that you say to make the antlion come out of its hole and apparently other uh places this is a thing as well i don't know why but the verse is the old lion perisheth for lack of prey and the stout lion's whelps are scattered abroad does that doesn't sound very uh something you'd sing or yeah, a poem uh, doesn't sound like something you'd say ever under any circumstance, mm-hmm. but but that's apparently something that people would say in in southern United States. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but it <laughs> is that that line, the old line perisheth for lack of prey. Uh, that is a line from Job, the Book of Job, or it's a it's a variation of it because there are a million translations, um, and it has something to do with the Mermechlion, or, or, or Mermechlion, which is a mythical antlion hybrid written about in the second century and a book called The Physiologus. The Physiologus was uh, many things in, throughout history. It was originally uh, an anonymous document. Uh, it was Greek. It was mostly concerning... It was a bestiary. It was one of the first bestiaries. It was a Greek bestiary okay, yeah. uh, from Greece had a lot of uh, morality, had real animals, but also ones made up that just told uh, cautionary tales. Um, it was sometimes labeled heretical, and other times when rewritten with uh, Christian values, uh, it was an official Christian text. Okay. So it's kind of been all over the place. One of the original uh, bestiaries, uh, the antlion was said to starve to death because of its dual nature. The lion nature of the father could only eat meat but the ant half from the mother could only eat grain chaff. Thus, the offspring could not eat either and would starve. So <laughs> there are many things wrong with this. Yeah. First of all, uh, they thought ants only eat grain chaff. 
Um, and this, this, everything else I read about antlions was like they're all they all die because ants only eat grain. Just the chaff too. Just the just the chaff. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, sorry, but what? Like, yeah. why you have a question? <laughs> yeah, why? So you would you would chant that thing to get the antlion to come out of its hole? Yeah. Like why do you want to do that? I don't know. Maybe because you have nothing better to do. It's just, it's a lazy summer day yeah. in the southern United States. Yeah. The young children go down to the antlion sand dunes. Yeah. It's a really, it's an alternate oh, Mark Twain universe. Lion brave, the lack of yeah. brain, the stout lion, whoops, yeah. they're scattered abroad. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Tom Huckleberry got seized in the jaws of, a, of an egg hag and dragged underground. <laughs> um, what, what else? What else do we have here? Yeah, so the biblical, it was paired with the biblical verse uh, when it was later, when this passage in the physiologist was later Christianized. Um, something to do with contracts and oaths being unnecessary and that if you say yes to something, that should be the end of it. This had something to do with uh, the moral being. There should not be too mindedness about things you shouldn't say yes and later mean no you should be true to your word uh so the the antlion is a creature that is of two minds and this is the the fate of something that has two minds is you can't do either and you starve to death that's kind of the moral i'm gonna i don't think i I forgot to leave a picture up you should all look up the merm mermacolion look up antlion bestiary or antlion folklore or something i'm gonna look it up for west right now okay, great because it is like the most basic drawing ever oh there's so many looked up the wrong thing this is podcast gold <laughs> mermecleon research mecleon that's good enough here it is <laughs> money look at that that's great look at that yeah everybody should do this that is the most half-assed rendering of anything i don't know if that's like that thing coming out of its back like that is probably the mandibles, right? Or is yeah. it a tree behind it? Or is it something else entirely? Or is it the beginnings of like a tribal tattoo? Or what is it? <laughs> yeah, is I it... was thinking it was a tree behind it, but yeah, but it's got like it's it has this like weird human bird face <laughs> and claws, yeah. but it's got like a tree coming out of its back. Yeah, its face really it looks more like the baby dinosaur from that dinosaur sitcom <laughs> than anything. Dinos- um, it wasn't just dinosaurs. I think it was called dinosaurs. It has yeah. four bird legs and and like a segmented body. If like a little kid tried to make, yeah, it has three. Sur- it has, it's like a snowman that yeah. fell down, yeah, and then grew uh, talons. It has a set of chicken legs and a baby. And then dinosaur it has like a face. weird tree growing out of its back. <laughs> a tree growing out of its back. Yeah, which immediately reads ant lion yeah. hybrid. That's. You can also yeah. find many uh, weird photoshops and even a couple of illustrations of uh, something with the upper body of a lion and the lower body of an ant, which is a very literal understanding of the idea of an ant lion that looks really weird. And you might want to use that because that's uh, pretty strange. But there are other monsters that do the combined body part thing, and you should maybe limit them uh because it can get old kind of fast (laughs) the the whole world is combined animals yeah every animal is combined with another animal yeah which like it's it's you should do a little bit of that it's fine but like maybe not this one necessarily there are look up the uh final fantasy one do you use that one or the original uh (laughs) 
<laughs> the original physiologist uh, illustration. That's pretty good stuff. Um, what else? There's another. Oh, yeah. So the passage from the physiologist. I have the passage, which is interesting as well. Uh, Eliphaz, the king of the Temanites, said, The ant lion perished because it had no food. It had the face or forepart of a lion and the hinder parts of an ant. Its father eats flesh, but its mother grains. If they engender the ant lion, they engender a thing of two natures, such that it cannot eat flesh because of the nature of its mother, nor grains because of the nature of its father. It perishes, therefore, because it has no nutriment. <laughs> it is every double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. That's the moral. I had another thing. Someone else wrote, I forget where I wrote it down. But, oh yeah, here, the, uh, some, I, I, did, I didn't write down the, someone pontificated on, on this in more depth, and I kind of paraphrase it here. The lesson here is that the trials of life and the works of Satan are like the antlion, fierce and powerful against ants, but powerless against greater animals. So the antlion is a big deal predator in its own world, but outside of it, to us, it is nothing. Right. And so in the same way, if you are a weak person with loose morals, Satan will feast upon you. But if you are a moral person, the lion will find no food and starve to death. So uh, that has, I guess when you are a little kid yelling at antlions to come out that the lion has no food, you're saying like Satan has no power here. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tiny bug. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and this is, the way, this is how I assert my moral agency in my own life as I go yell at bugs <laughs> yeah. in the backyard. Got, <laughs> yeah, man. Life's hard in the uh, Appalachians or whatever. <laughs> I, there's no antlions in the Appalachians, I don't think. Uh, Florida and Jacksonville. Uh, I think it's interesting that monster can be deadly, but also be made powerless by some characteristic in the adventurer. Um, maybe you could do um, some sort of moral purification or, or ritual. Or you have to be you have to, you have to be you have to donate X amount of money before you go confront the the Ankheg, or uh, you are told like you have to you are told anyways that you have to like have these purification rituals. You have to be of a noble heart, or maybe you have to have a charisma over sixteen, or like yeah, and like maybe if you have some weird thing about you that you can do to yourself, or you can bring someone that has it. Maybe the Ankheg is totally powerless and is otherwise totally overpowering without this one thing yeah or you could be told that this is the case and have it not be true because what i like about these bestiaries is that they're full of nonsense (laughs) so you find a bestiary in your in your in your fantasy world that tells you yeah make sure that you have a song in your heart when you cross (laughs) this yeah that way the giant bug monsters won't eat you so that you 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 practice the song you get ready you're doing that the bugs get you anyways uh and (laughs) the lesson is that the people who write books about these monsters didn't fight. <laughs> exactly. They just I moralized. Guess. They yeah. just wanted to make you feel bad for yeah. the most part. Um, I love that. I wish I could have a give players a bestiary that of my own creation, but it's a lot of work to do it well. Um, but I would include this. I have a really interesting excerpt um, about the gold digging ant lions of India. This is a really good one. This is very D&D relevant. You can lift this whole cloth, possibly. Uh, this is a fantastic story of gold digging antlions of India. has a long and complicated history. It is from the great Hindu epic, the Mahabharata. Uh, I'm sure I got that wrong, but whatever. Let me know. Uh, it, references, it referenced the ants that excavated gold, the earliest surviving European account, which is maybe easier for our Western minds to parse, um, is found in Herodotus 
it retells the story of these unusually large and vicious ants. And the quote is, The scene is laid in a northern district of India where there is a desert in which ants abound in size somewhat less than dogs but larger than foxes. <laughs> they burrow underground and heap up the sand which contains gold. The Indians go to the desert to collect this sand, each man provided with three camels harnessed together side by side, that is, on either side, a male, and in the middle, a female on which he rides. The female must only just have been parted from her recently born young. This will come up later. The Indians, being thus equipped, set out at such a time that they will arrive at the hottest hour of the day, for during the greatest heat, the ants hide underground. Interesting thing you could do, right? Mm -hmm. Tell, mm -hmm. Make players learn things about the behavior and strike when the target is at its most vulnerable. Um, they bring with them sacks, which they fill with the sand and then return as fast as they can. For the ants detect them by the smell and pursue them so that if the Indians do not get a good start while the ants are assembling, not a man could be saved. The male camels, in time, slacken their pace, but the females, mindful of their young, hasten on. And in this way, the Indians return safely with their gold. Because the women camels yeah. the mama camels want to see their babies again yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the surest way of surviving whereas the males don't care and get tired and slacken that's amazing that's great that's so like it makes a weird kind of sense but it's so improbable but to like especially to like a patriarchy <laughs> they're like oh yeah women <laughs> baby crazy am i right totally would work uh so apparently this gold digging thing is all over the place. Um, and the legends about the gold digging ants, they only got bigger and bigger as they <laughs> went on. And they have seen uh, skins of ants which dig up gold as large as the skins of leopards. So they, they become leopard size later. <laughs> um, and it, uh, they also says that in appearance, most of them differ in no way from other lions. So now they're just lions that you've decided <laughs> are also ants. <laughs> um and the best surviving illustrations come from two 10th century Anglo-Saxon manuscripts, um, De Rebus in Orient, Mirabilibus, which is in the British Library in London. The manuscripts depict the classic gold-digging Indian ants, as well as the camels used to steal the gold. It says the ants are as big as dogs, red and black, have feet like locusts. The gold-seeking men bring both male and female camels, so this, this idea survived. Um, lately, as of 92... The controversy over the real identity of the Indian gold-digging ants, or antlions, uh, may have been solved. Scholars have suggested a variety of animals, including dogs, marmots, pangolins, mongooses, and the badger-like rattle could be the real, <laughs> the real antlion. Uh, in one of the most inaccessible regions of the Himalayas along the upper Indus River, French ethnologist... Michel Pissel and other explorers say they found marmots throwing up gold-bearing soil from deep underground as they dig the burrows. Moreover, the indigenous Minaro people living there say that for generations they have collected gold dust from the marmots' work. Marmots. <laughs> it was marmots the whole time. <laughs> it was marmots digging up gold the whole time. And, and like probably just a couple of uh, like mistranslations in games of telephone. Totally, yeah. Stories being passed from and people to other And people. no one asking the indigenous peoples. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like everyone just like, oh, you're telling me this story of yeah. this thing you heard. Well, I'm going to believe... <laughs> and they're onerous. Like they're like marmots, like uh, big rodents like that. I think they're rodents. Uh are kind of feisty if you confront them 
they have bushy fur, large fox-like tail, razor-sharp teeth. They can be, uh, the, where's the quote? Uh, Picel says, they can be ferocious if one tampers with their burrows, which is just what the gold seekers did. Ant lions. They thought they were ant lions. So they they conflate, like there's, <laughs> are, there are so many elements conflating. There's like the weird, yeah. like mythological understanding of the ant lion uh, being this weird morality tale. There are real ant lions that are tiny, yeah. but the, the, the idea of like being uh, a predator among small things making you a big deal in one world and not in another has been uh like encoded in this weird christian text about like making yourself impervious to satan and now these marmots but like i don't know what came first or and i I find no easy way the the (laughs) etymology of antlion only described that i could look up anyways only described how Antlion just means like predator of ants yeah. and ant uh, is maybe the most. Ants. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what I would do with, armed with this knowledge. Now I, I, he, I would have the adventurers hear a story about a bunch of marmots <laughs> that you can get gold from. And then when you go to the, the mountain to try to investigate that, it turns out it was just giant bug monsters. Oh yeah. Right feel- <laughs> Flip it. Turn yeah. it around. Turn everything around. That's good. Yeah. Like, that's, that's really good. Um, any way you slice it, it's good. <laughs> That's a good one. I can cut. Okay, so the dire third, marmots. Yeah. Oh, dire no problem. Marmots, yeah. Oh, like, oh fuck. Bugs. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh, There's and a- the, the the but the the dire marmots are <laughs> they're they're preyed upon by the giant bugs. But you can you, can deal with, you know <laughs> yeah. like you can put all of these elements together. Yeah, I think the ankeg is really good for rumors and misinformation and figuring out what is actually real. So you can get a lot of mileage out of like testing the environment and confirming rumors and um, disproving others and trying things that maybe cost you stuff to learn are aren't real or maybe are real. You could do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, we yeah. Low level complications are are actually really easy to come by if you just look to the past and bestiaries and like all this this chaos of information that are like it's all connected. But I don't know what came first or who came up with what or or why. Like, look, this is one of my favorite bits. Uh, early 14th century queen marries Psalter. I think there's just some sort of text. Uh, it's in the British Library okay, now. Yeah. Uh, there is this, these are Ethiopian ants. Look up Ethiopian ants. There's a depiction of Ethiopian ants attacking armed gold robbers. <laughs> the ants are dogs in the, <laughs> in the illustration. Clearly, you have any shadow of a doubt. They're just dogs. They're just yeah. dogs uh, on like a on like a mound, and there are these two like look at these level zero characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These assholes think they're going to get a, a mound full of gold if they just wave a flag and a sword in front of these crazy ass, uh, these dogs that they've decided are ants. But it's yeah. interesting because they rolled a one on their um, <laughs> their perception check. To oh, yeah. Imagine what they were seeing. Oh, like, yeah. You believe them to be ants. Like yeah. they, they think they're ready for this, but yeah. they're not. This guy is trying to uh, lean over the guy in front of him and attack with the sword. They're not gonna make it. Yeah, no. Uh, this one doesn't have any shoes. They don't have any shoes. I don't think they're toast. 
They're in Ethiopia. Yeah. They don't know what they're doing. They're being attacked by dingoes. Yeah, it's three on one. <laughs> not dingoes. That's not Ethiopia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they look like it in this picture. They, yeah, they're, they look they're, like they're, they're wild, thin, wild. Dogs. They're not. Yeah, they're not. They're not wolves. That but we they're, we just decided in Europe somewhere that these are ants. <laughs> yeah, they're jackals. I don't know what they are. <laughs> yeah. But the interesting thing is, so the the Mermechleon or whatever it's called uh, has a the what are probably the mandibles of an antlion or something, or maybe a tree in the background. There's a tree in this image as well. Oh, but yeah. But it's an actual tree on the mound. Yeah. So I don't know if those That's are connected. Growing out of the back of the queen antlion. Yeah, <laughs> the the biggest dog in the yeah. pile. Or maybe they're dogs that have surrounded uh, an antlion yeah. and are guarding it and protecting it like its own. Oh, yeah. They're all, <laughs> maybe they're marmots. <laughs> they're, yeah. You could have marmots and ankhags. Uh, living together maybe the we were talking about like a weird underground people yeah oh before. yeah maybe the marmots are like they're just intelligent marmots yeah that, very intelligent marmots yeah. that have a society following the ankhag around that's but this great. tree like isn't that weird that's isn't so it, isn't this the kind of thing that would drive uh like a, a dan brown uh da vinci code minded mystery solving person crazy <laughs> Yeah, this is. This is exactly that kind of thing. This is the kind of thing that would be the the clue that with like the the um the Sherlock Holmes vision would be like there's the connection. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a <laughs> there's tree, a tree in both. In both. Like this... And then you would go looking for that tree. <laughs> yeah, that's a good somewhere. one too, right? Like maybe the tree yeah. marks marks the Ankhag's lair in a way that you can exploit somehow. Why why is there this tree depicted in every depiction of these creatures called antlions that are yeah. all different from every other thing called antlions? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um we're we're running out of time, I think. Totally. Um, yeah. <laughs> there was one thing really quick I wanted to get to. Yeah. Um that I'll, I'll just try to only spend a minute on this. Um, Tremors, the movie Tremors, yes. the original Tremors. Yes. Um, though there are digging worm creatures in, later in this book, they work different than Tremors. The Ankeg is the closest thing to Tremors from Tremors, which are called Graboids, Graboids. in the movie. Um, and one thing that you can do is to make people paranoid about loose earth underneath their feet. Yes. And that you have to work, you have to, you have to be conscious of like, okay, well, there is, some like a solid stone over there that will be safe if we're standing on that because it can't dig up through that and get us. But we got to walk across this loose earth and we know it's full of bug monsters that will jump up and kill us. So you can use ank eggs, even if you have higher level characters where like an ank egg or two here and there, even if they're being crafty, aren't going to be that much of a deal. But it uh, it can be a very hazardous environment and create a puzzle to to to, to move across if like several ank eggs are going to just pop up and try to eat you. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Like they sense vibrations in the ground. Like they're not waiting in one spot in particular. They're waiting in a, in a zone and they wait for the vibration and yeah. they go to where it is. And they got tremor sense. That's in the book. They can do that. Yeah. They have tremor sense. They've seen the movie tremors and they can sense it. I tried, uh, I thought I was going to watch tremors in preparation for this <laughs> show and I watched maybe the first 15 minutes. <laughs> couldn't. Uh, not in the right frame of mind. It's not a movie you can watch closely for research purposes. You know, they actually show that movie in film schools for for pacing. Pacing. It's, okay. Because it, 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 it's it's frequently cited as as uh, as a great example of a of a well paced movie. I would totally watch yeah. it. I just couldn't watch it. I was trying to watch it at like nine in the morning. And yeah. it was not it, not That's doing not it for me. Tremors. No, you need it. It's got to be a, a more of a party atmosphere yeah. later at night. 
but I totally would because I wanted to get the sense of like what what is the world of Tremors and how can you use it for an NCAG encounter. So maybe you, you gentle listener, can figure that out for me. Or maybe we will do it and we will have a special post-Tremors <laughs> episode um, of, of this. Uh, there's also, there are more insects, I think, later in the book. Or maybe there's not. I'm not sure. But there's a whole thing with what insects are from a kind of Jungian archetype point of view. Um, don't I don't have much on it, um, but it's out there. They are things to do with base primal survival because they don't seem to care about anything other than effective survival. Yeah, they just want to eat and not get eaten. Yeah, yeah, and they can also represent in dreams. Uh, they represent things that um you have anxiety about that you don't like to express so they're kind of like things you find under the cracks of your facade oh yeah i don't know like uh, th- these ankegs don't i don't i don't like thinking of them too much as like a psychedelic um experience i liked i like the very primal predator uh avoiding encounter but insects you can think about if you wanted to do a more uh a dream-like thing you could play up something about them relating to the anxieties the neuroses of maybe the nearby yeah. ruler or the, the, the PCs king was or cursed and the curse made his dreams come to life and he's afraid of bugs and there's bug monsters coming out of the ground yeah something, something like, like that. that or like the bug lives in like the maybe there's a bug in the the house of the person that should have been the true heir of a kingdom or something. Yeah. So the king's always worried about this, but the, the the true heir doesn't know it, but the bug is now like living in that area and it's kind of like something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't think about it too much, but I think it's worth mentioning. I, the, all this other stuff is way more fun. <laughs> the marmots. Yeah. Put a marmot. Don't make it about <laughs> young Ian archetypes. Just put a marmot there. Just, just make... The egg eggs giant marmots. That's totally <laughs> fine. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's spit acid um, in a lion. Yeah. Uh, do look up the Final Fantasy ant lion. Mm-hmm. It's great. Do what was the one with the, the Mermechleon. Mermechleon. That was the, the, the hill full of jackals, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, so the, the Merma, the, I also am probably oh, yes. not pronouncing it right. The Mermechleon, I think, is what it's called. Oh, that uh, was the. That's the original illustration. The snowman baby from, the from weird. dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, uh, and the the Ethiopian ants. I think if you just look up Ethiopian ants, you can find it. Or Queen Mary's Psalter, P S A L T E R, Queen Mary's Psalter, Ethiopian ants. Uh, great photo of player characters trying to get gold from a mound protected by wild dogs <laughs> <laughs> that you think are ants. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next up, uh, Azir's. Azir's Azir Azir. We'll find out for next time, unless you know. No, I don't know. We'll find out. I don't know either. In the future. Stay tuned. We'll find out later. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.